Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. You're listening to the Relationships Made Easy podcast, episode 92. And if you are feeling resentful or exhausted, or if there's a fair amount of passive aggressive behavior between you and your partner or between you and anyone else, then you might not be saying no enough. And today I'm going to teach you why it's so hard to say no, why women have a harder time saying no than men my top five tips for getting great at saying no, and I'm going to be giving you a little present today to help you say no more easily, so stick around. I'm Dr. Abby Metcalf, and I'm a number one Amazon best-selling author, TEDx speaker, and all-around relationship maven with over 30 years of experience helping people create connected and happy relationships. Combining my hands-on experience and all the latest research, I've created actionable tips and tools you can apply quickly and easily to create lasting change in your relationship today. So let's get to it. I'm back. Oh yeah. It's your host, Dr. Abby Medcalf. I only make my mother call me doctor, as you know. Uh, I'm so happy to be back with you. I missed you. Oh my gosh, I missed you so much. So, of course, I can't jump into the podcast without first saying, where were you, Abby? What the hell happened to you? Why hasn't there been a podcast in a month when you've been putting one out every week for almost two years? What is the dealio? Well, if you're not in my newsletter, my newsletter found out already. Um, And I don't know why you're not on the newsletter. It's so much fun. You can sign up on the website. But anyway, (laughs) it's all my musings and my issues in parenting and love and everything else. Um, But it's, I was sick. I did, I have the dreaded COVID. I'm not a hundred percent sure because I I did not get tested formally, but I had the symptoms, um, not the bad ones. I'm okay. I really am. But I had an ongoing fever, just a low grade one. It was like a hundred all the time. Um, I had, uh, some stomach upset. I don't want to say diarrhea on the podcast. So there you go. So I had stomach upset. 
uh, and I had horrible headaches like every day. And I literally had a fever for 22 days. It was crazy. So, and if you don't know me well enough, well, you should know if I haven't missed a podcast in two years. Um, I don't get sick. I am that person. I am from hardy peasant stock. And I just, I just don't get sick. I can't remember the last time I was sick. I've certainly, you know, gotten a headache or something like that, but I haven't missed work for being sick, like having a fever or really just being so sick I couldn't get to work in, I think, a decade. It's been years and years and years. So for me, of all the people who I thought would get sick, I was the last one on the list, I need to tell you. And no one else in my family got it. No one else around me has it. No one else I know. So I have absolutely no clue. And again, I can't say for 100% sure that I had it, but I mean, three weeks, I had the classic symptoms. So except the bad ones, I had the classic low grade symptoms, but I have to tell you, I felt really crappy. And then even though it went away, I have just been fatigued. I've been very tired. I've been laying about, I've been laying about a lot <laughs> and eating a lot of food. I've gained a little weight, so I need to get back. Um, I lost weight initially because my stomach was upset, but then I was bored sitting around my house forever and, you know, you start eating. So, uh, but I'll be back in fighting shape soon. And uh, yeah, it's just been kind of hellish and I'm just really getting back to it. Um, So it's nuts. It's totally nuts. But uh, I'm back. I feel good right now. I'm going to go rest after this. I've been resting a lot. You'd be so proud of me because if you've been listening for more than a minute, you know I am a control enthusiast. I have a very hard time giving up control. And I got to tell you, I had to give up control for a little while. I could not do anything. I couldn't care for my kids or myself or anything else. So uh, there you have it. But I am showered. I'm back. <laughs> I'm feeling more together. Uh, we're still going through uh, the self-quarantine. So my nails are a wreck and my, my, I had to dye my own hair and I haven't been able to go get waxed. And again, more information than you probably want, but here we are. What else am I going to do but tell you all this stuff? Okay. So Thank you, thank you for all the love. I got love from everywhere. Sweden, England, West Denmark, Australia, you know who you are. Um, all over the United States. It's really, really just, I, I'm grateful. Thank you. I, I can't tell you how much it means. I try to reply to every single person who emails me. Um, and I think I've got a pretty good track record. Uh, it, it took me a little while when I was sick, but uh, I really do appreciate it. It means the world. It really, really does. You don't know how it perked me up, made my day. So what I, but what I want to talk about today, and we're going to get into it now, is the how to say no and stick to it. Because this has been a big issue for me my whole life. And I'm going to tell you that I've been hearing stories, I mean my whole life, about what a happy baby I was. Apparently, I came out of the womb smiling and never gave my family a moment's bad time. So, and there are, if I told you how many photos there are, there's a really famous one of me, I guess one of the first times I could pull myself up in the crib. And uh, my mom said she walked in the room and I just was grinning ear to ear, like she turned on the light and I was already smiling. These are the stories that, and I'm the youngest child, I uh, have a big family, and these are the things I heard my whole life about me. And although obviously I gave people some pain later in life with my drug addiction, in general, I was always that happy person. I was always the one smiling. I remember in high school, I even started something called the pep club. I mean, <laughs> to be happy and peppy, I guess. Um, so 
And it wasn't, it was a while ago now, but I told a past therapist about what a great baby I was. And you know, if you've been in therapy, you know, it's one of those, you make these comments in passing, you just sort of say it. I, you know, so I, it was a throwaway comment and then it became the center of the next five sessions of therapy, right? So I somehow had mentioned, yeah, it's a really happy baby. And I, I was moving on and she, she stopped me and said, wow, that must've been hard. That's a lot of pressure for a kid. What? What? What is she talking about? And the first, and when she said this, I, I still remember this really well. And I remember this therapist, she was amazing. And I would. I couldn't imagine what she was talking about. What do you mean it was hard to be happy? I've been happy my whole life. I da da da. And in these sort of ensuing sessions, I discovered she was right. From the very beginning, I was set up to be the smiling good girl. So on the outside, that's all I ever was. I said yes. I was amenable all the time. I was always willing to, you know, pitch in, lend a hand. I could always be counted on to volunteer first or be the one who spearheads tomorrow's important meeting or, you know, creates a new club or starts the food drive or whatever it was. I was that person for so, so much of my life. And all that sort of looking good on the outside definitely came at a cost, you know, and in my family growing up, because I'm the youngest, the old, and the, the, my siblings are older than me by a bit. Uh, they were all sort of in those teenage horrible years or even in their, you know, they were seven, eight and 10 or what, you know, 11, 12, they were, they were older when I was really young. And even in those preteen kind of years, they they were a handful and it was hard. And my mom, you know, was having a hard time. And I have uh, one brother who had some special needs. And I mean, it just was, it was a lot. And so it was clear to me that my job was, even though it wasn't clear to me consciously, but unconsciously, subconsciously, my job was to be the easy one. And I, I'm sort of that classic, if you know about family roles, I'm really, the, I was the classic mascot. I was just the, I made, I was the comic relief. I made people laugh. I was the happy-go-lucky. And so, and that I unconsciously learned that my own needs weren't as as important as others and that my worth was actually tied up in being that happy girl who always said, yeah, sure, I'll do it. I kept the smile on my face, but I was really pulling myself farther and farther from people emotionally. I was distancing myself. I was disconnected. I felt isolated, unworthy, and definitely that's, you know, culminated in my drug addiction that I hid from the world. I still meet people from my high school days or my junior high days, um, or even younger, who had literally no idea because I was so frigging good at the mask. I was really good. And thank God I was pretty smart. And so I was able to get by even though I had this raging addiction problem. Uh, and I wasn't happy when I said yes all the time, but today, I'm, you know, I, I, I wasn't, right? But today in my life, I say no often and I am happy. And that's what's really interesting. So what I've learned in these last couple of decades is that saying no actually makes me vulnerable, which makes me more real and accessible to the important people in my life. It's incredible. I know it doesn't sound right, but it is. And I've worked, I mean, literally with thousands of people over the years who've learned to add no to the vocabulary. 
and they've learned the same thing. They feel more connected to themselves. You feel more connected to yourself because you're actually saying that you're worth something, that your needs can come first or at least near the top. And others are truly happier and more content in their, you know, in their worlds. Like uh, people are really finding that good that good feeling by saying no. And again, you know this for yourself. If you've been saying yes a lot and you're not happy or you feel resentful, like what I mentioned earlier, uh, angry, uh, past that passive aggressive stuff comes out, that is generally because we're saying no and we shouldn't. So, okay. So if that's all true, why the heck is it so hard to say no in the first place? Like, why is it hard? And some of you are listening going, it ain't hard for me, sister. I say no all the time. Well, a lot of you, though, I know, the majority of you listening, you do find yourself saying yes when you should say no. Even if sometimes you say no, it's not it's not consistent the way you might like. So really, there are three main reasons why it's so hard to say no. And then, you know me, I'll get into tips and all the good stuff. So the first is the fear of conflict and being disliked, right? This sounds obvious, I'm sure. This is a place I struggle because gosh darn it, I want people to like me and <laughs> to think I am fabulous. I'm a fabulous human. There are plenty of people who don't like me saying no. And so for example, I do not volunteer much at my kids' schools. I don't and I haven't. I really haven't. And I've no, I'm no doubt, I've no doubt that tongue, some tongues wag about me in my community. Um, and I say that with love, I'm, but I'm sure people have been like, who does she think she is? And she thinks we're, she's better than, I, I don't know, or her time's more important. I I know, because I used to judge people this way. When I was the one doing everything, I would judge others. And I, those are the things I would say. So I'm assuming <laughs> that uh, other people are saying it about me. And I draw boundaries around my personal time and have had major pushback. It's it's true from work colleagues. And again, even just socially, that social pressure to, to do and to be. And there are times when I cave, it's true, to others' unhappiness. And it always bites my butt in the end. Always when I, I you know, they're unhappy with me, I don't like it and I cave. And later somehow it does, it gets me. And I'm not perfect for sure, but I strive to be kind to myself as much as I can. I really do. And I will tell you, for example, at my kids' school, um, their schools, I tend to donate money more like to things. Like, so if there's a book drive or the library needs money or whatever. So although I don't physically go do something, I try to put money there. I mean, that's how I try to give back these days. I there's I, I give free talks at the schools and things like that. When I, whenever I'm asked, I never say no. Um, that kind of stuff. I try to do these kinds of things that I can. I, I educate where I can. I you know all that. And for me, you know, in my in my private practice, I I have uh, low income slots. I mean, really low income, uh, like pretty much nothing. Um, you know, I give back to my community in the ways that I can, but I have to draw the boundaries. I just I just have to draw them. And that becomes, again, problematic for people and they don't like it because they want me to draw the boundary outside of their circle. You know, they want me to be included in the inside of that circle, the boundary, right? And that's not always true. Um, Vanessa Bones is a, a PhD. She's a researcher in this very topic at Cornell University. And she says, 
we have an instinctive need for connection to other people. It's essential to our survival. We worry that saying no will break those bonds. And specifically, we fear that the other person will feel rejected or take it as a personal affront. Saying no stirs up intensely negative emotions like embarrassment and guilt. Isn't that amazing? And it does for me. I can, I can, Uh, go along with that research, ma'am. So Bone says that we'll go to great lengths to avoid these, you know, yucky feelings. Who wants to feel embarrassed or guilty? Nobody. And her research has shown that we'll even say yes when it goes against our own ethics. That blows me away. But yep, that's how strong our instinct can be to say yes when we really need to say no. And for sure, I did that stuff in my addiction. I did lots of stuff that went against my ethics. Um, I like to think today in my life I don't, um, but there might be things I'm not thinking about right now. But it people do. They really, really do uh, just for that. But that's how strong that is. So in the end, we don't want to disappoint or hurt someone, so we hurt ourselves instead. It, we And you know, you're nodding your head right now. I know you are. Okay. The second reason it's so hard to say no is our self-image. So as in my case, we'll often avoid saying no because it goes against our self-image. I saw myself as the happy yes girl. That was me. Yeah. And I'm always that one you can count on and I always pitch in first and I always do it. So how could I say no? And all of us have some story that we tell ourselves about who we are in the world. So you might see yourself as a great mom who's devoted to her kids. How could you ever put your own needs first? Being a great mom means you're selfless and always put your children's needs first. So that that could be up there. And that's not true, by the way, but that could be what you think. Or maybe you told yourself, I got that promotion and I'm a manager now. I need to be the hardest worker the company ever saw. I need to stay late. I need to work harder than everyone I supervise. No can't be part of my job description. You might be thinking that. Uh, All of us have identity stories we tell ourselves. I'm someone who jumps in first to help. I'm a leader and leaders need to be there for others no matter what. Uh, I'm a hands-on dad. All these things, when we say no or refuse someone's request, our self-image is called into question. That's what happens. So in general, we'll choose what makes us happier and more satisfied in the present instead of what will make us happiest and healthiest in the future. So, you know, hey, that's why we'll buy those shoes now. Okay, I'll say me. That's why I'll buy those shoes now instead of saving money. (laughs) Okay, is that just me? I think it's you too, some of you. Or, you know, you know, you'll eat those Oreo cookies now. All right, maybe that's me too. Instead of thinking about, uh, instead of thinking about my future thighs, I'm thinking about my present Oreos, right? So again, all these might just be me. So pleasing other people and thinking of ourselves as kind or generous, selfless by saying yes is a more pleasurable uh, feeling. It's more pleasurable than refusing other people and saying no. So that's the second reason. And then the third reason is the dreaded socialization. And women aren't born to be people pleasers. It's a learned friggin' behavior. That's right. There's no gene or biological imperative that's ever been identified for women to say yes more than anybody else. Instead, saying yes, it's a socially learned coping mechanism that women especially are taught from a very early age. It's no secret. It is not a secret. I know some men are out there right now listening going, I say yes too much. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Sit down. Uh, (laughs) 
No, I say that with love. But you know what I mean? It's no secret girls are socialized to be nice and to be more in touch with their own feelings and and other people's feelings more than boys are. Come on, people. So yeah, you might be that man who says no, you know, doesn't say no enough. I get it for sure. I don't mean to be sexist here, but women and the research backs me up on this are far more likely. You know, boys are often socialized to win and to be less attuned to their own or other people's feelings. That that's a that's a definite. So females are socialized not only to say yes, to bef- but this is get this, to, but to feel guilty when we say no. There's a uh, psychologist Catherine Ridgway O'Brien. She's at Rice University and she has done research in this and she found that people expect women to agree to requests more often than men. Women are also expected to volunteer, I love this one, for administrative tasks way more often than men. And if they say no, they're more likely to be given a worse performance evaluation, get fewer recommendations for promotions, and be considered less likable by her peers at work or in social settings. And just to really slam this home, when men say no, people think, oh, he must just be busy. So, and they don't receive the same negative consequences that women do when they say no. So this happens at work tremendously. And I'll link to all the research, by the way, in the show notes. So you can feel free to go look there, or you can always go to my website and read the blog post that I always have a corresponding blog post on the podcast and all the research is linked there in case you don't believe little old me. Uh, but I always do good research on these things and there's a ton. Um, and I can't include it all because it'd be ridiculous. I'm not writing a research paper here. I'm doing a little podcast, but it's incredible how much women are socialized this way. And again, I'm not saying that men never have trouble saying no. I'm saying that it's simply not the same phenomena as it is for women. We are socialized to feel responsible for the feelings and the well-being of those around us. And it's simply more rare for men to be socialized in the same way. So, Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello HelloFresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Here's the good news, people. Here's the good news. All is not lost. Even if you have sucked at saying no in the past, it's a skill just like anything else. And you can learn to get good at making and keeping your boundaries and saying no. And how would you do that? (gasps) How would I do that, Abby? Oh, with your top five tips for saying no to others and yes to yourself. Isn't that cute? My top five tips for saying no to others and yes to yourself. I know. I'm adorable with my little uh, my little sayings, aren't I? Okay. Number one, practice, practice, practice. <laughs> saying no off more often is a skill. I said this before. Everything's a skill, people. No one's born with this stuff. 
And like with any new skill, you need to practice consistently to get good at it. And in the beginning of any new behavior, you need to practice the same move over and over to ingrain it. So if you've ever learned a sport, let's say, you know, like tennis, you know what I mean. In the beginning, you have to rehearse and practice the mechanics. You have to stop. I have to step, plant my foot, shoulder to the net, fall through my swing, right? All the pieces that feel so, you know, disjointed. Uh those of us who learned to drive a shift car, which is hysterical, no one knows anymore, but it, I remember, you know, the clutch and the and the shift and the brake and the in and the gas and the out, it never felt like it was ever going to get fluid. It, it just didn't. It was so jerky in the motions and you'd stall out and you'd grind the gears and, you know, but like anything else, practice, practice, practice. You do get better at it the more you do it. So I want you to think of this the same way. So Research shows that if you make a specific plan before you're faced with a demand or request, you're way more likely to stick to what you originally intended. So choose a default way or ways to respond before someone asks you for something and practice saying it before you need to. That will get you far. One of the things I have at the ready is something like this, Um, because I get asked a lot to do stuff <laughs> by different people. So I'll say something like, I'm not putting anything else on my calendar this month. Can you ask me again early next month and we'll figure out a time? And so number one, notice I don't say that I'll get back to them. I do not. Someone's making a request of me. They can come back to me if it's so important. Um, and they're, because the, they're the ones making the request. If Again, if they want me bad enough, they'll circle back. Do not put one more to-do or follow-up on your own plate. That's crazy. And But I am thinking, yeah, check with me next month. Check with me in a few weeks. Check with me whenever or however that is. I, Like I said, I, I do a lot of speaking and uh, I try to do uh, free pro bono work as much as I can if it's a good cause, you know, a place I really want to help. But what happens is I can get so many requests, I just can't do them all. So I'll say to people, hey, I've already filled up my calendar for this year. If you want to contact me next January, you can, uh, that kind of thing or whatever I'm doing. So uh, those kinds of things you can do. And and it doesn't put people off completely. It's sometimes a little easier way of saying no. By the way, most people forget to get back to you. It's kind of amazing how little they really didn't need you. Uh, but you again, you don't want to um, add to your plate. So another one I say is, uh, I really appreciate your support or I really appreciate you thinking of me, but I need to say no to that right now. That's a good one. And again, it feels like a gentle no. It's a gentle no. And it's the and it has to be the truth, people. Don't don't say something that you don't think. So I really do appreciate when people are thinking of me. Like how lovely. Someone was calling, they heard that I'm a good speaker or whatever, and they want me to come talk at their school or their whatever. And I just can't always say yes. And I just tell them, thank you. I'm I'm I, I'm flattered that you thought of me or, you know, whatever that is. Or sometimes they're asking for something else and they're trying to support me. And I, I, again, there's not a way that I can kind of give them what they need in that moment. And I just say, thank you for supporting me. I need to say no to that right now, that kind of thing. Uh, another thing you can do is one of the things that does happen for me, they'll ask for something that I can't do, but I try to think of something I can do. So, you know, I can't do X, but here's what I can do. I'll say that. Uh, if if that can be. So for example, you know, yeah, I can't be on the committee, but I could donate $100. Would that help? Would that be something? That kind of thing. Whatever whatever it is I can do. 
if no is new to you, I want you to practice saying no in small, unimportant situations where the stakes are not high. That's a great way to start because practice will make it much easier. So minor events are the perfect situations for getting you ready to eventually say no in the tough times, like to your boss or your mom or your partner. So uh, I'll tell you, so for example, whenever I get my legs waxed, they are always trying to sell me some exfoliating lotion or cream at the end. And it's a, that's a perfect place to practice just saying simply, no thanks. Hey, no thanks. They, they don't push any farther than that. It's all good. You don't have to, you don't have to say, oh, no thanks. I have this. I have that. You don't have to make up excuses. You don't have to <laughs> rationalize why you're saying no. Just that. And that actually brings me to number two. Uh, The second tip is remember that no is a complete sentence. You do not have to justify yourself because no is is definitely a complete sentence. Definitely a complete sentence. You don't need to have a good enough reason for saying no. The fact that you just don't want to do it is all you need. You don't need to explain yourself. You don't have to justify why. And while we're on that subject, quickly, please avoid saying you're sorry. You don't need to grovel and apologize for drawing a boundary. And I have to stop myself from I'm sorry a lot. So when someone asks me for something, I I really try hard not to say, oh, I'm so sorry, I can't do that. I just, because it, it I don't need to be sorry. I, I just, yeah, no, I can't. Oh, I can't do that. Thank you though for asking or thank you for, you know, I, I put it in that tone instead. Uh, as much as I can. And some of you listening have heard me say I'm sorry, so you know that I don't, I'm not perfect at this. Okay. Uh, Number three, my third tip, don't lie, but you don't have to say everything. So I've had instances where I need to say no to a request because it would get in the way of something like getting my nails done or working out or or shopping for a new pair of shoes. Now, if I said to someone, oh no, I can't volunteer for the bake sale on Saturday because I'm getting my nails done, I would likely be met with hostility, eye rolls, or demands to justify my selfishness. So in my, because in my head, I hear my myself defensively saying, hey, I work damn hard all week, which means I don't have time to do much for myself except work and take care of my family and getting my nails done is important to me. And this is the only time I can get it done. And Bubba, can you hear me? Can you hear me ranting? Yeah. I I don't want to go there. I don't want to go there with Sally who's asking me to do whatever. You know, I I, I don't want to. So (laughs) I don't want to get into justifying what's important to me or explaining myself. So instead, I say, I can't help on Saturday. I'm already booked. I'm being honest, but I'm not getting into the details. And sometimes people say, well, what's going on? What do you have? And I, which, by the way, so invasive. And so, because they're, they're demanding that I explain myself. I don't need to explain myself. So I just say, I already told you, I'm, I'm booked. I really don't want to get into that with you right now because it's not going to help us. I'm booked. I, I, I'm not sure. What, I've even said that. I don't know why you're asking what I'm doing. Why does that matter? I can't help you. Well, I just wanted to know. You know, they'll say that kind of thing. And I'll I'll counter them. I'll say, well, I think you're asking because you're thinking whatever I have might not be as important as this and you're going to have an argument with me about it. Otherwise, why would you be asking? And, you know, so <laughs> that doesn't always have the best response. But sometimes I'm just trying to let people, you know, show people that they're they're asking in a way that it's hostile to follow up with like, well, what are you doing? 
as if whatever I'm doing isn't good enough. Um, I don't have to explain myself. I don't have to justify nothing. So again, you can absolutely be honest and vague at the same time. Uh, in my experience, people will often, they'll lie and say things in these situations that sound better and feel like better responses. And I have been guilty of this myself in my in my younger years, for sure. Oh, uh, sorry, I didn't make it on Saturday. My aunt's uh, friend's parent ha- parrot had a brain tumor and I had to rush to the pet hospital. You know, I've, <laughs> I've made up stories. <laughs> you, But you can see how lies or stories can lead to more stress and issues as we try to feel better in the moment. So don't do it. It is not worth it in the end. So, you know, I don't want to be my, my younger self and tell lies. So instead, I just... I just don't say everything uh, because it is sometimes hard for me to just, it'd be a great world if I could say, no, I can't do the bake sale on Saturday because I'm getting my legs waxed. I I would love it if I, sometimes I feel comfortable enough with the person where I can say that because I know they'll understand and go, oh girl, go get your legs waxed. (laughs) But I can't wait to get my legs waxed again. All right. Uh, Darn you, COVID. Uh, But anyway, (laughs) but do you, you see where I'm going here? Okay. So honest and vague can all go together. Tip number four, they won't take no for an answer. If your no isn't accepted at first, kind of like what I was, again, these all, see how they all lead perfectly into each other? Uh, you want to repeat the exact same words calmly again. Don't change what you're saying to try to make it more palatable or easier for the other person. The more you say, the easier it'll be for the other person to refute some part of what you're putting out there and try to change your mind. And that's not what we're doing. If the other person persists and asks for more details, well, what are you so busy doing on Saturday that you can't help out? <laughs> Again, I, I'm, I'm coming back to what I already said, but I'm trying to hammer this point home. Uh you can just say, I'm telling you that I'm booked and I don't feel I need to explain myself. And in my experience, by the way, the person who's asking is getting huffy because they didn't draw their own boundaries about taking care of themselves. I will tell you that right now. So they resent it that you are. And so don't be drawn in. Um, I have literally had someone say to me, oh, well, you know, uh, I wish I could take time for myself, but somebody has to do these things. Otherwise, you know, we're not going to have, someone has to lead the bake sale at school, whatever it was. It wasn't that. So whoever you are who leads my kids' bake sales at school, it wasn't you. But you understand what I'm saying. Uh, You know, someone has to do this. And if you won't, then I guess I will. And so somebody has to give up their time. It's like, no, they don't. So we all can do things. We all can ship in. uh, We all can find it. It's it's uh, But you need to find your self-care too. And if you do feel like that person who needs to say yes and do all those things, then I'm going to strongly encourage you on the other side to find a place where you uh, take care of yourself somewhere else. So if you are giving a lot to the school auction or something, and I'm so grateful for all the people that do this stuff at my kids' schools, and I always tell them, and I'm so grateful and I'm so appreciative. I really am. I think it's, I I'm, I'm, I love it. I'm, I'm so happy. Um, and Uh, in awe of them, but I do hope they're taking care of themselves on the other side, right? I hope that they are saying no to something else and, uh, you know, like maybe they're not cleaning at home and they're having a cleaning person come in or something, you know, somewhere that that gets evened out. We all have to figure out a way to even out. Okay. So uh, (laughs) again, when you start to give reasons, you're going to end up with the other person trying to convince you about why you should drop your plans to come help or they'll offer suggestions, they'll problem solve how you could make their request fit. There's all kinds of conversations that are going to happen and you're going to end up folding 
like a cheap shirt, you're going to, what folds? Like a lawn chair. I don't, what folds? Okay. (laughs) You know what I'm saying? Again, don't get caught in the trap. So you might, you could say something like, I know you're in a jam and if I could help, I would. You could go there. That, you know, or again, do what I said before. I know you're in a jam. I can't help with what you're asking, but I could do X. You know, there. if you can think of something that works that you could do, you could even say, I can't help in the afternoon. I could come by in the evening for an hour. Would an hour help? I could do that. You know, you can offer. They can say no, but you can offer. I've also found that people are sort of saying on their schedule and they want me to change my schedule to fit their schedule. And I, you know, I don't know why I'm the one who should change my schedule. It's sometimes I do. I get it because I should do it because all of us need to at some points or others. I get it. But there's a lot of times when they've just decided Saturday morning is the best time, but that's not the best time for me. So I can offer an alternative time. And if they want it, they can take it. If they don't, they don't. You know, just that's the best I can do for you. So remember that too. Um, (laughs) So if they still persist, you need to say how you're feeling. And I have done this. It might be something like, I'm, you know, I've said this, I'm starting to feel annoyed that I've said no and you're continuing to push me. And for me, and I might even say that, for me, this conversation is done and I don't appreciate you turning me into the bad guy for having a boundary with you. I have said that. I've said that to family members. I have, I have said that in multiple places. In this case, you want to focus on the emotions you're feeling and not... Uh, what you're feeling and not the details of why you're refusing. Because again, then you're going to get into the he said, she said, and the arguments and the lawyering. You don't want to go there. But if you can just say like, you know what, I'm really, or my feelings are hurt. I feel like I've said no. I feel like I've, you know, told you what I can and you're coming at me. And you might say, is there something else going on? Is there, is there something I'm missing here? I have done that. And I've had the person tell me something like, or I, I'm thinking of specific, I had this woman burst into tears when I did that and say, I'm just so this. And she told me her mother was in the hospital dying and she had committed to this thing and now her mother's dying. And, she, and I was like, wait a minute, you can't, you can't keep doing this. Like we have, I, it's not, it's, I'm not going to take it all on, but I'm certainly going to help you. And actually I did change some things to help her because this was an extreme circumstance. And, but what I mostly did was make sure that someone else could take over the job. She just wasn't, she felt so guilty. Here's someone who really couldn't say no, right? She felt so guilty about saying yes to this job. It was, it, it uh, when my daughter's softball league, she had said yes. And then really couldn't follow through on what she committed to because of this crazy circumstance that happened. So I just, we helped find someone else who could say yes and did have the time. I kind of helped and shored up some pieces and I found some other people too. You know, we worked it out together. But if I hadn't said that, I don't think she would have burst into tears. And I frankly would have walked away thinking she's a biatch. You know, like, oh man, what an annoying person. And she was in a bad mood and she was cranky and she was touchy. But guess what? Once I went to feelings, so did she. And we got to really talk about what was going on. It was kind of incredible. And I, I love this woman. We we have a lovely relationship. And she always talks about how I saved her uh, from this thing. And I think, and, and we joke because I was like, oh, I really didn't like you. You know, <laughs> we sort of joke about it now. But it's just, I'm letting you know, you know, deeper things, more wonderful things can happen uh, if you just say how you're feeling. It can, it can really be uh, actually kind of incredible. Okay, tip number five, our, our final fifth tip is pay yourself first. 
And then we're going to get to my little fun present for you, by the way. So in general, I want you to set your priorities and stick to them because this is what self-care is all about. And it'll make saying no much easier. I tell my clients all the time, pay yourself first. If you don't take care of yourself, you won't be able to say yes later when you really want to. And so one of the ways to accomplish this is to have some clear rules or boundaries for yourself. For So for example, I don't personally give money to anyone who's just sort of panhandling outside, but I'll give money to people selling out here in California, they sell something called Street News. And there was something like this in New York too, uh, which is a newspaper run by homeless people. And this is just my own little rule in my head. It makes it easier to walk by the majority of people asking for money. I just have this kind of rule. I um, have definitely made, uh, have relationships with people who are panhandling. Uh, I've had that for many years in different neighborhoods I've lived in. You know, you see the same people over and over and I've gone to introduce myself and talk to them. I've definitely had relationships and those people, I found out more about maybe what they need or what I can bring them or, you know, shoes or socks or whatever. I've done that, but I haven't just sort of handed money, you know, every time because, you know, you have that feeling. I also make eye contact with people. I don't ignore them as I'm walking by. I just don't hand them money. Um, so that's just a little rule in my head and it helps me. So I also, I have, uh, there's four specific charities I give donations to regularly each year. And then I have an allotment of, you know, X more dollars that I'll give throughout the year, but I don't go beyond that. If someone asks, I, I just say, I've already committed my charitable donations for the year. It's, it makes it really easy. And once again, I can go back to the earlier one and say, if you want to contact me, you know, I make this little list every January. If you want to contact me, um, you know, for the following year, if you want to contact me in December about whether you can be added to the list or whatever, or I can, you know, maybe someone else is going to be off the list. You can do that. Um, but it'll, it'll, cause a lot of times people will send those out in December, those, you know, please donate now. Um, and I maybe will do it for the following year, but I do earmark. But there's a there's a way to say that, right? So you have a boundary for how much or what you're going to do. This is just money. This is kind of an easier one, but whatever those are, and just stick to it. Um, the other another thing I do is that I <laughs> I have is that I only say yes to social stuff up to two nights per week, and actually those are usually Tuesdays or Wednesdays. That's it. If these are booked, I'm done for that week. And sometimes I, I am not exaggerating. I've made plans with friends a month out, six weeks out, but that's the way it is. I, I can't, I'm not going to overdo. I'm not going to drive myself crazy. I, you know, obviously if someone had something like a, you know, surprise 50th birthday party or whatever to how old I am, right? I'm older than that, but you know, maybe the surprise 60th, <laughs> whatever it is that I'll, of course I'll do that or things come up. But in general, I really don't. Stuff comes, I I, I say no. I just keep the boundary. Um, I think I mentioned earlier in my private practice, I have uh, two spots for extremely low income clients. I, these are people, I've had people living in their cars or who are living very close to a very scary edge. And I often get asked by people to reduce my rate. And, you know, I can, again, easily say these spots are full, but I can put you on the wait list. And I do. I have a wait list for those spots. Um, but that's what I can do. And I have opened that to three spots um, right this minute. Um, it's at two because I got sick and I had somebody and I just told them I couldn't start with them. But uh, I likely, because of COVID, will go to three. 
once I'm up fully operational again, and I've had three before, just at different times, depending on what's going on. I, I never go below two. But again, that's in my head. I don't suddenly go up to 10. I don't suddenly tell people, you know, I give people referrals out if they can't, if they feel like they can't afford me for some reason, you know, that's what I do. But I have this way of dealing with it. Um, another thing is telling people, you know, hey, I check my emails uh, twice a day, uh, 8 a.m. and 3 p.m. So that's it. If that's when you can expect a response. If you send an email any other time, you know, because sometimes people say, oh, I emailed you this morning. I haven't heard all day. It's, I didn't hear it back to you till, till four. I'm like, yeah, I don't, I don't check my email. You know, if you set it at 8.30 uh, or 9 o'clock, I, I didn't check it again till later. If you need something more urgent, then you need to contact me a different way. All of these are examples of paying yourself first. You draw the boundary, you decide what, what it is, you set your priorities, and that's it. And it's so much easier. I can't tell you. It just takes away so much of all the middle BS of like, oh, I don't know. Maybe I could. Let me see. Let me look. Ugh. It just gets to be too much. So that one's really, really good. So there you go. Those are my top five. And all of these upfront boundary, all these boundaries and commitments save me, I just want to say, a lot of anxiety, a lot of stress, and discomfort. Because in the end, I'm happier, I'm calmer, I'm more content, I feel more peaceful in my life. I can't pretend that I still don't get caught up saying yes when I should say no, because I do. But it happens way less than it used to. And I try to learn from each of those times so I don't make the mistake again. I really do. Um, so I'm going to have a, if, so if you're one of those people who's been feeling resentful, exhausted, <laughs> stuck in the yes cycle, you today, you definitely want to come over to abbymedcalf.com forward slash podcast and download the just say no quick sheet. And it's going to help you identify those boundaries now so you can say no more easily later. There you go. And if you haven't yet, I'd really appreciate it if you would subscribe to the podcast and uh, or leave a, if you like the podcast, I really, really, really need you to leave a, a review. It really helps people learn about me and get the word out. Ah, that's it. That's it. I am wishing you a week of saying no in all the right places and saying yes to yourself Thank you. Thank you. I'm so happy to be back. So happy to be here. If you have any suggestions for what you'd like to hear on the podcast, email me at abby at Um, I've, as you know, you've heard me, I've had tons of uh, podcasts I do because people write in and ask. So I'd love to hear from you. And oh, as always, ha- know that you're in my heart and I am so, so grateful for you. Thanks for listening to the Relationships Made Easy podcast at www.abbymedcalf.com. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. 
This is Craig Robinson from Ways to Win. And support for this podcast comes from Invesco QQQ, the official ETF of the NCAA. The future isn't scary, not realizing its potential, however, could be. Just like on the recruiting trail, I've seen potential come in many forms as a coach. Learn more at Invesco.com slash QQQ. Let's rethink possibility. Invesco Distributors, Inc. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with and Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that and Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus, get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details.